This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast where two women, a mother and a daughter, talk about everything. Today, our topic is toxic relationships and how they are portrayed in movies and television. Thanks for listening. Hey, Kate. We are not together. It's the first time in a while, I feel like. I know. Kind of a bummer. It is kind of a bummer. What all has been going on with you? Well, I'm a little sick. I sound a little funny. Yeah. I'll probably Uh, have to edit out some coughs. I was just about to say, sorry in advance for the coughs. You're going to have to edit uh, because that is still very real. But I feel much, much, much better than I did just like four days ago. I felt really crummy. Yeah, you, you got it a little worse than I did because I was sick, but um, I pretty much, like, I felt better after, like, two days, and then I had a day where I was great, and then, I and then like, in the middle, towards the end of that day, I guess, not the middle, I was like, whoa, I'm getting sick again, and, like, it just it sort of mm-hmm. came back, but <clears throat> I'm still sneezing mm-hmm. a little, and I still have a little itchy throat. But, See, um, I don't really get sneezes. When I'm sick, I, I like, I cough and I get the sniffles, but I don't really sneeze. I've never had that happen before, like, where I at first thought I was just having an allergy attack, and then it went into a cold, and then as it was going, I started sneezing all over again. It was like my body was just trying to get rid of weird. it. Weird. Yeah. Weird. It is weird. Um, but I've been busy working on my 2020 goal of going paperless and digitizing stuff. And it's, awesome. uh, it's a lot to think about trying to, you know, cause the, I'm doing this webinar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and before you can just, it's not like you just like one day, just like randomly, okay, I'm going paperless. Like she has it set up to where you like have to, you set up systems and like you make decisions and you kind of sort through, you categorize your stuff. It's basically into different categories before you can start with the digitizing. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so going through all the things that are, that I would potentially digitize is a lot to think about and like how and mm-hmm. how, and then she also wants you making decisions like, okay, well you need to pick three types of software that you're going to do this in. Like uh, something when you scan your documents, where are you going to save it? And then something to keep track of your to-do list and then something for your calendar. Um to try and decide which software, yeah, which application I'm going to use for those things is also a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. So moving on that, but it's, it's interesting. It is pretty interesting. Fascinating. It is also fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> it's engrossing, compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Look at all these words. we know. <laughs> it's funny because dad and I went to lunch with his boss the other day. And he mm-hmm. said, I, I said something about interesting or how I was trying not to use interesting. He's like, that's so funny. I was just thinking I use interesting all the time and I've been trying to think of other words. And so we we're just kind <laughs> of talking about different things you could say. That's funny. I think the problem is that interesting one just kind of conveys a certain thing. Like, whereas the like, captivating does convey interesting, but it also conveys something else like it's like one step further to me. Right. Like you're, you, it kind of stops you in your tracks interesting yeah. as opposed to just like, hmm, that's thought provoking. I guess maybe yeah. thought provoking is the most accurate from the uses I have of interesting. It's such a mouthful. Exactly. And that's why we rely on interesting. 
Well, a little too much, though. So much linguistics. Sure. I, w- yeah. I wish I would have majored in linguistics. Well, you can always go back. I know. Now I think if I went back, though, I'd probably do, like, paralegal or something so I could do a little more well, social six justice month paralegal I'm sorry, what? Programs. They have, like, six-month paralegal programs. Oh, I know. I just mentally don't have the energy or time for that. Yeah, me too. I know. It's so it's it's too bad because I really would like to get in that line of work. You're right, so that I can make more of a difference in the world. Yeah, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, even it, it doesn't pay shabby is all I'm saying. So it's not as good as an attorney makes, but it's not shabby. And then you would be able to actually do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that you're not actually doing something. That doesn't sound right. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Do something your towards your social, me- social justice, not social media. I'm, I'm doing a lot with social media, don't you worry. <laughs> Unfortunately, not as far as our podcast goes, because that's the area we need to focus on. I, I've been posting, thank you very much. Not with every episode, though. That's where I've been slacking. But cute pictures of us exist. Well, I mean, yes, but the reality is, like, any marketing sort of thing will tell you that you should be posting at least at a minimum of once a day, if not more. And I follow a couple podcasts, and let me tell you, they post pretty often. We don't have enough pictures to post one today, Mom. And we're also going to be editing this out of this episode. Why not? Why not put it in? Just tell people this is an area where we... Because you're blasting me right now. Oh, I'm not blasting you. I don't post either. Don't take everything so personally. It's not all about you. Mm, it feels like it does. I know. It always does. If you don't edit this out, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight you physically <laughs> not funny anyways post edit of what kate insisted i edited out we are proceeding with our topic today and that mm-hmm. is <clears throat> we decided we're going to talk about toxic relationships and how they're portrayed in the media Just quite uh, yes i think i think it'll be kind of cool to see two our different takes on it generation generationally Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure if that will apply. We might be on the same page, but uh, do you want to start us off on this topic? Do you have anything that comes to mind when we first say that? Yeah. Um, first, for me, I think it's important to clar- clarify we're, we're looking at romantic relationships here. Obviously, there are lots of different, different types of relationships True. that could be toxic, but we're going to focus our lens on romantic relationships in this instance. Yeah, because they're, um, I mean, Toxic family relation, familiar relationships can oh be a whole nother gosh. podcast and how exactly. they're portrayed Exactly, and in the I think media. that it should be honestly because that has that's oof yeah that's a whole other thing, um, and one can lead to the other too obviously. Um, right, and we just watched uh, the show You, which really plays on that idea because you, the first season, you really were rooting for him. We already kind of talked about that in one of our other episodes, but you're really kind of rooting for them as a couple at a moment, and then you remember that he's. Crazy, crazy and a killer and a killer but yeah yeah so we um but that well, leads to my whoa whoa whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. go ahead up. wasn't done yet <laughs> uh the other thing that we need to talk about is what classifies as toxic like how are we defining toxic because there's unhealthy and then there's toxic and the two like unhealthy can lead to toxic but toxic in my opinion, is worse than just an unhealthy relationship. Hmm. 
And I think that's important to define. Um, it probably is, but don't you think where you draw the line is a personal thing? Um, I don't know. And it's hard uh, for to me, me to say, like, when I think I, about media wise, like how that, where that line is drawn. Cause it's, it's never that clean cut in media, in the media. I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's a one size fits all type deal. Obviously it depends on the relationship and unhealthy relationships will, can become toxic too. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's usually the first step, but, um, to, to me, the biggest difference is if something, and again, this is to me, I'm going to say like a hundred million times. Um, if something's toxic, that means that it's like, like toxic is poisonous, right? So that Mm -hmm. means that it's like spreading, to other aspects of your life as well. Like an unhealthy relationship can just be like, man, I'm unhealthy. Like this, this isn't good for me and I'm unhappy, but I'm still functioning every day, like a relatively normal person versus toxic is like, you have no friends. You can barely make it through work. Like, you know, like it, 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 like it spreads, it starts to affect all these other aspects of your life with how like poisonous it really is for you. I guess that's true because you could be in a relationship with someone who treats you really well, but you in turn love them so much that it's unhealthy, but it's not really like bringing you down or other aspects down or in in Mm -hmm. other ways. So just, Mm -hmm. but you'd be lost without them. So it makes it kind of unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. I'm on board with that. So some of the the stuff that we're going to talk about here. I think it'll be it'll be thought provoking for us to see how it lines up with unhealthy versus toxic or like what that looks you know what I mean mm-hmm. there could be some spirited debate there there could be uh, and then toxic because um, a lot of what I kind of when I was thinking about different relationships portrayed in the media a couple of them especially when you look at the you series which is popular season two right now Mm-hmm. Um, is the idea of stalker, right? Like mm-hmm. stalker, you know, relationships with someone who is a stalker mm-hmm. versus uh, just just straight up toxic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have any? I'm waiting for you to elaborate on that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think. Because, because if like in these, in these two, the two media aspects that I'm thinking of is you and then Twilight, uh, because Mm -hmm. Edward was like in her bedroom and watching her and following her, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but, uh, because he was obsessed with her smell or whatever. But, um, Mm -hmm. but when they were in the relationship, it wasn't necessarily horrible. In you, it was only because he was. Uh, controlling and murdering people that he didn't want to interfere, but she didn't see know any of that. So it wasn't um, the relationship itself wasn't bad. He was just bad, I guess is the way I should put that. And then I feel like he was that in regards to, well, I mean, are we going to do you want to just take these apart piece by one by one? Uh, sure. Let's do it. So I feel like if we're going to talk about you, which is obviously very popular, um, and well-deserved. Yeah, it was good. And the book was good, too. Um, yeah. Uh, season one is very different than season two mm-hmm. in the sense that in season one, 
Joe is very focused on keeping Beck away from her friends. Mm-hmm. Like he hates the time they spent together. And he justifies that by they're bad people. They don't love you. They're not good for you. You know, all sorts of reasons. But to me, that's crossing the line from unhealthy to toxic because you are now manipulating situations so that Beck is away from her friends and losing that relationship. And then of course it turns out that like one of her friends, spoilers, spoilers for season one. Um, but one of her friends is also stalking her and like crazy obsessed with her. (laughs) So, okay, hang on. (coughs) Sorry. So there's, you almost feel like, okay, well, I guess it was justified, (laughs) but still like not, not good, not healthy, very toxic season two. He doesn't do that. He, he actually likes loves friends and, um, like hangs out with them and her family and stuff. And he's trying, I mean, part of that is that he's trying to change and be a better person, quote unquote. Quote unquote. But still a murderer. Right. But the whole thing in season one, I think what I'm saying is like, she didn't know that he was manipulating. Obviously she figures that out a little too late, but she didn't know Mm -hmm. that. So like the, on the surface and from her perspective, from the non-stocked person's perspective, it was a good relationship. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. we made jokes watching that show that I would have fallen for it because he he was, like, so good. And, yeah, we made a joke on the podcast, too, that there really is moments when you're, like, like, the editing on the show is so good because they're laying in bed and it's romantic lighting and soft, sweet music. And you're just like, wow, this is totally just like a love story. And then one scene later, he's covered in blood because he smashed somebody's head in. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, wait, no, it's really not. It's really not a love yeah, story. Yeah, because if you just took out of that just their relationship and when they were together, you would think it was, like, the perfect relationship. Totally. So. Totally. Poor Beck. Mm. Beck deserved better, <laughs> even though she was basic and kind of annoying. But, and was a writer who never wrote <laughs> and didn't know that curtains existed. Well, that's how most writers are. We, we, we really avoid writing at all costs. <laughs> it involves uh, introspection and but the funny thing is the hard part really isn't the writing if you just did it the hard part is the editing but that's a whole nother topic of conversation uh yeah well and Sorry then with, coughing fit there yeah with, with twilight it's kind of the same thing like she didn't at some point she thought she would be dreaming when she would see him in a room and stuff but um no he was just straight up there he yeah. was just straight up there <laughs> But then when they were together, well, she, it was like, fine. welcomed it. Other, like, yeah. She was like, watch me. She was I like, sleep. yes, please. Yeah. I love it that you Stay love with me this me. much. Yeah. Yeah. So. To me, see, it's that their relationship starts out as just kind of weird and unhealthy and becomes toxic. Why do you say because? Okay, go ahead. Um, well, okay, spoilers for Twilight. I guess I'm just going to throw them out there. <laughs> oh even though everybody should have, like, if you're interested in it, you should have seen it by now. So that's your bad. But, um, you know, by, like, the, the third book, second book, whatever, she's she's keeping this huge secret about them being vampires and shit. And it's causing a rift between her and her family. So she can't spend time with her, her family anymore. She doesn't have any friends outside of the Cullen household, except for Jacob, who she's not allowed to see. Because they, like, made out one time, you know, or whatever. 
because like Jacob's in love with her. So Edward doesn't let them hang out alone, which is also very controlling and inappropriate. Um, like she's an adult person. She can make her, I mean, adult or in air quotes, but she can make her own decisions. Um, he does stalk her one time. She like in the first book goes on a, on like an outing with some friends before her and Edward start dating. And he like follows her there from what I remember. Right. When she's shopping. Um, Yeah. Um, and then there's the whole toxicity too, of just like, she gets to the point where she literally does, does not know who she is without him. Like she cannot physically function. She has no life. She can't get out of bed. Nothing matters. Remember in the book when she, it's just like January and there's no, it just says January on a page and you turn it and then it says February. February. (laughs) It's like just, just months go by and nothing in her life happens because he's not there. That's not okay. Oh yeah. And then she finally gets to have a life and she hangs out with Jacob and then Edward shows up all bad. I have to rewatch it. I didn't remember it being that bad, but I guess, I mean, I know you're right about all of it. It's just so funny. (laughs) It's bad. It's it's really bad. Well, I mean, we all know that, but yes. And then, I mean, leaping off of that, if we're going to just keep hopscotching around here, Fifty Shades of Grey, which originated as Twilight fan fiction, is even worse. <laughs> People love their Fifty Shades. I've never watched it or read it. People so. like Fifty Shades of Grey because they feel like this allows me to experience some sort of kink and it wouldn't be acceptable otherwise. Dude, if you're into it, just be into it. Like you don't need to glorify this terrible relationship that also does not even rec- like represent accurately BDSM or any of that. But they use it as an excuse to like, oh, I'm so freaky. I like to be spanked. You're not freaky, Karen. You just are bored. Like, you realize you got married at 22 and have never been sexually fulfilled. That's not Fifty Shades of Grey's problem. That's yours. (laughs) Uh, Well, clearly there was a need for a lot of women to have their own kind of sexual fantasy because that's partially why it was so popular. You had a lot of middle-aged women. Yeah, because they got married at 22 and never experimented. (laughs) Like, that's sad. I'm sad for you. Do you think that's the only reason why? Yeah, I do. I, I think I mean, that... I think there's a... Okay, no, there's the, the patriarchy, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I wasn't going to say that. I mean, I know. There's, like, older generations who couldn't be sexually liberated, and so these these women who were raised in those times, they couldn't even say that they wanted to have sex with someone, which is why the whole no means yes thing existed. Like, I know all of that. I know. No, I was going to, I was going to say like, even just like my age of women, just the whole lack of education and shame around understanding your body. Uh, I guess that's true too. But see, that still comes back to the patriarchy. Like to me, that's still the patriarchy. You're right. But Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of that. I guess, I guess my anger is misplaced. I shouldn't be angry at the people who enjoy it because you're right. It's not their fault. In some cases it is their fault, but in most cases it's not their fault that they, you know, didn't have the same experience as I did living in San Francisco for so long and being around this stuff. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm around that stuff all the time. And like the real stuff, not some fake 50 shades book, like the real stuff is around my life constantly. (laughs) 
like San Francisco is the hub, right? Yeah, I so, think it is. It really is. So I I can't be upset that they didn't have that experience. Cool. I I guess my anger is misplaced. I should be with whatever the girl's name is that wrote it. I don't even remember. Me either. Because she didn't do good enough research to like actually write a book that could serve the function of being hot and educational for this whole new genre of women to open their eyes. Yeah, but that opens up. It's actually like educating them to look forward to unhealthy behaviors, and that is a problem. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. But in the books, they got married, weren't they? Did they not stay together? After like three months. Were they happy? Like, I don't I don't know. How did the book portray their yeah, marriage? Yeah, they were happy because he could control her. Oh. But didn't, didn't she get super jealous? Like, in the movie, it looks like there's like some other woman that's. Yeah, oh, in the books too, she gets jealous. He, well, I mean, and this, and this is where the unhealthy stuff comes in. Okay, first book, and yes, I read them. I didn't see the movies, but yes, I read the book, so I do know what I'm complaining about. Just for the record, yeah, in no the concept. first book, he, like Edward, we joke that Edward from Twilight is a stalker, right? Mm-hmm. This guy, Dorian Gray, I believe is his name. He takes that level of stalker and amplifies it like he's two steps below joe goldberg for sure like he tracks her phone when she's out at a bar with her friends and just shows up um she so doesn't want to work for him is portrayed as like because, him loving her yes uh. she doesn't want to work for him because she feels like it would be inappropriate like there i don't remember there's like some stuff so she works for another publishing company and he just buys it so that he is her boss like, can you imagine? Yeah. He does all this stuff. And then I remember in the in the third book when they're like when they're like for real together and like married, maybe, or about to be married. Um, he keeps making a joke about how he wants her to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. And it's just like, oh, he loves her so much. And I'm like, no. If my husband made that, like, I'll give you one. You get to make that joke one time and then you will never make it again because the look on my face will make it very clear that we don't make that joke at this house. <laughs> like, oh, I just, I can't wait for you to, for us to be married because I'd really prefer you to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Like, no, then we aren't getting married. I don't know. Like the fact that that's like a, a thing that keeps happening, like not just that keeps happening, but like in like the epilogue when they're like with kids, he like says it again, like, like it's a callback. Like it's, it's so important to their story that he has to repeat it. It, I, it blows my mind. So yeah, anyways, he gets jealous and crazy and stalks her and she has no friends. She also can't communicate with her family. He like controls all of that. Like it's, it's super toxic. Like at one point her friends are like, Hey, you're engaged with this guy you've known for three months and we don't see you and haven't talked to you. We're concerned. And like, the book totally spins it as like, they're fucking crazy. Her friends are insane. What is wrong with these people? No, they're good friends. In fact, they're actually kind of not good friends for not like straight up kidnapping her and taking her away. But anyways, I digress. It's so weird. So the whole thing like that is portrayed as love. Like, I, yes. it's, it's like a viable, it no, there's never like is. any red flag. She's never like, this isn't healthy. She doesn't speak up for herself. Nothing. 
the only time she speaks up for herself is at the end of the first book. Um, when they're like, cause you know, she's the whole purpose is like, she's not kinky at all, mm-hmm. but he's really kinky. So he tries to like get her to do it. And what he likes about her is that she, you know, she's not submissive. Like all those other girls, bitch, you chose to date those other girls, but that's a whole other issue. Um, anyways, so they're like doing, they're like having sex and he like, is spanking her too hard or something hitting her too hard and she if i remember correctly she gives the safe word and he keeps going which is wildly inappropriate and never okay um and so when they're done like that's another thing she doesn't stop him like i mean i guess what do you do in that instance i don't know but um when they're done she says like i can't do this like this is too much for me you scared me and they break up and she like goes home crying, but they're back together by like the next day. Oh, okay. Well, I missed that one. Okay. Let's move on from that. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack with that one. Like we barely scratched the surface with how unhealthy <laughs> and toxic that relationship is. I could obviously keep going for a while. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we can move on to the next one. <laughs> there's one that, uh, there's a show I completely stopped watching because the relationship was so dysfunctional that it just really bothered me because everyone would talk about how in love they are and like you really wanted them to be together, but it was like, it was set up to where you wanted them to be together, but it was terrible and dysfunctional and, Uh and that was scandal. Oh, see, I never watched scandal. Yeah, it was terrible. He was married and they were in love, but like at first they weren't together because he needed to stay married to his wife because he was going to be president. And then, it just was like this on again, off again thing. Like we can't be together because you're married and you're the president. And then they would just like keep messing with each other's heads. And it was just, he would show up at her place, you know, every time she tried to be in a relationship with someone else, he didn't like it. It was just, I was just like, Oh, and then, so then you have the love triangle where she finally does get someone else, but drama ensues with that. I don't know. I, I just couldn't handle it. Cause I was just like, she's, I get it that there are a lot of, uh, very together career woman who their relationships are all messed up. But I just felt like it was so contradictory. Like she had all these people in Mm -hmm. her lives. I think even maybe she didn't tell people because, you know, they would say be a reminder of how unhealthy it was to her. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it just, she was like the strong woman that everybody was idolizing, but then she had this funky relationship and so I felt like I didn't like putting her on this pedestal because she wasn't working to fix that area of her life. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. It just bothered me enough that I was like, I can't handle it anymore. What about Harley Quinn and the Joker is one that's like really popular pop culture couple, but it's quite uh, dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. I don't really you know, know that much about it. You and I, I've asked you about it because I didn't watch either of those movies. Well, I mean, it depends what, which generation of movies, which comic, you know, like there's so many different iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as a fan base, people have started to realize how toxic that is, that relationship is and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, from what I understand the com- in the comics, like the original comics, you're supposed you're supposed to realize that it's bad. Like it, it's not written in a way that's supposed to make you be like, Oh, like I'm going to root for these two to end up together. Like it's not supposed to be that way. But 
uh, I, I could be wrong about this, but from what I understand, Hot Topic kind of contributed to that idea of them being like, like a good relationship because they like marketed a bunch of stuff with them and what movie was that in again? I mean, I'm still talking about comics, oh. so I don't know what you're referring to. What movie were they in as a couple? That's I didn't see the movie, and how was it portrayed in the movie versus in the um, comics? You mean like recently? There's been a lot. Oh, I thought there was just one. Is there more than one? Yeah, I mean, there's older movies with them. Or maybe I'm just thinking of the TV show. I don't know, but this is not the first time we've seen Harley Quinn and the Joker before. But now um, they were in uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Sorry, I apologize for my ignorance in this topic. Um, Well, I was just thinking about how like all the uh, wives tales or whatever sayings we have about love kind of promote this somewhat dysfunctional thing, like opposites attract. You hurt the one you love. If you love something, set it free. Love hurts. And the mm-hmm. whole, I can fix you or, you know, if they become a better man or mm-hmm. I can make you a better man. He'll change mentality. for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If he loves you, he'll change, which is definitely, that's a topic in a lot of rom-coms. Yeah. Um, for a really long time. I feel like we're moving away from that now, but that was like a couple of decades of movies where that was like the main theme. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. a lot of these, these things make sense, right? Like love hurts, love hurts because you fall in love and your heart gets broken. But then they mm-hmm. kind of take that to the, like, well, this, this is, you know, lo- love hurts. Relationships are hard and we have to work through this and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it kind of gets distorted from what it really actually means. Or you hurt the one you love. Like, he loves me. That's mm-hmm. how he shows he loves me. You know, he's mm-hmm. jealous because he loves me and he wants, he doesn't want me to be around these people because he wants me to be safe because he loves me. Like, those kind of, like, it all gets sort of distorted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was Fifty Shades of Grey in a nutshell right there. <laughs> that, yeah, that's uh, so many different things that you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, even opposites attract, like, sure, on a, on a surface level, like, I didn't think I'd fall for someone who loves sports. I don't like sports at all, but not a, he's gonna, he's, he's the bad guy that's gonna somewhat infiltrate my life and bring me down in, in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing. Or, or girl, I guess, some, that, that could apply either way. I shouldn't say it just can. Guy. It can, yeah. For sure. Kind of get into all of these different things mm-hmm. that sometimes with popular culture are so promoted without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. It's true. And then, and then how do you, I mean, the, the whole media thing, like that's the other thing, like what plays a part into this is the idea of how women are portrayed in media in general. So it tears at women's self-confidence and opens the door to this being to women accepting less than they deserve ultimately or seeing themselves in a certain way that thinks it's okay to be Mm -hmm. because go back to that whole thing of you you accept the relationship you think you deserve Mm -hmm. which is still a hard pill to swallow 
But like once you see it, you're like, oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's true. Because like how we were even talking about, say, with like scandal, like someone like that who has their career so together, but for some reason they still feel like they're flawed in some way and don't deserve this. Or they're like they're willing to accept less because they just want to be loved in a certain way and they're not getting that. So women have come a long way. I mean, at least we have a lot of uh, women's empowerment going on to help women that are like that, uh, feeling like they don't deserve anything. It's true. To see. It's still a hard thing. Like, it sounds great in theory, but it's a hard thing to put in practice for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm just going to say it. I mean, obviously it happens to men too, but I think it's very different for women because so much of society is constantly also telling us that we're not enough and right. also telling us that just having a man be interested in you is really all you need. So like do whatever you have to do to keep it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's how men succumb to a lot of like the online stuff because they're kind of, mm-hmm. they kind of have hermitized themselves because they have no confidence and then they get sucked into these relationships online that are, they mm-hmm. can distort them for money or I, you know, these mm-hmm. women will go online or who, if they're, if they are actually women and build online relationships with them and say, Oh, I can't pay my rent this month or whatever. And distort mm-hmm. money out of them. Like that's how a lot of men succumb to that. And mm-hmm. not necessarily even that they're hermitized, but just that they don't have social skills or they haven't been able to build relationships or have been humiliated by women. Even if it's perceived humiliation by women and then they, they fall into these online things. That's how a lot of that mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. So it can happen. Definitely. Self-confidence is really an important skill to have. Mm-hmm. Or just knowing your value. Yeah. I mean, figuring yourself out. That's really important. Yeah, for sure. It's like step one, right? Yeah. And I think, it's hard because that happens at such a critical time in your life, right? When you're in your teenage years is when you kind of try to figure out who you are and when there are so many things that can wreck that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're susceptible to so many things when you're a teenager and building that up. And, you know, like you could have a, a traumatic event, a family, you know, a loved one pass away or divorce. Your parents could get to, like, there's a lot of things that can happen to just kind of wreck that. Totally. Well, and I think that we don't talk enough about continuous growth after that, you know, and how like that should be encouraged. You should be seeking it out. You know, I feel like when you're a teenager, you're constantly surrounded by people talking about growth and development and who you are and how you can become who you are and whatever, whatever. Any other time of your life, you have to look for it. If you didn't get it when you were a teenager, it's hard. You don't know where to go even more I think you're even less likely to seek it out as an adult or to like continually Mm -hmm. have those confirmations because it's really easy to have it and then get in a relationship that takes it away or like get in a position to where you know you're so busy say raising your as a woman like raising your kids or focusing on your career that you you kind of start to lose that you're in situations that are tearing it down and it might be there deep Mm -hmm. inside but you have to be reminded like it's okay because you have mm-hmm. these environments telling you it's not or that you, you know, you aren't good enough, mm-hmm. which definitely can happen if you're focused on your career. 
It's true. But raising kids is, is an aspect where you definitely feel mm-hmm. inadequate, especially today where there's so many people who are like, quote unquote, super moms on the internet, which is not really mm-hmm. realistic. Easy to be a super mom on the internet, huh? <laughs> it I is easy to be a super, to be mom, a super on mom on the internet. It's easy to be a lot of super things on the internet. It's true. So, I don't know. Well, I think we have done due service on the topic. I mean, we didn't really solve any problems. We just acknowledged it, and uh, maybe people think about it in a different way when they're watching their shows. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. Be strong. I'm interested to see if anybody has a different idea for what makes unhealthy versus toxic. Yeah. It's a good topic of conversation. It is either way. Yeah. Do you think, uh, an unhealthy relationship, I mean, an unhealthy relationship because relationships evolve so much, like it doesn't necessarily stay, have to stay that way. Like you, can't be no. so whereas toxic yeah. is going to be pretty hard to get at change that from toxic. yeah that one's pretty much permanent at that point yeah yeah it is <laughs> hmm. and maybe another time we'll do we'll talk about toxic and unhealthy familial relationships yeah uh yeah i was just thinking about <clears throat> the one serious toxic relationship I had, which we've covered, but like, I just, one of the things that I learned from that is so many people sit back in, especially when it comes to people in abusive relationships, like, why do you stay? Why do you, you know, like, it's really hard for someone who's never been there to understand that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's almost even like how a, a predator of children, like they, they know what to look for and what to say to draw a child in. And that's the same way that men are in some relationships. Like they know just what to say and the things to do to like have a, to make you, to take something away, but also feel like make you think they're giving you something kind of like Mm -hmm. what we talked about before. Like, well, this is, he can, he keeps me away from his friends because they're bad for me and he loves me so much Mm -hmm. or he doesn't want me talking to my mom because she makes me sad. So it's because he loves me. Mm -hmm. How they do that. Been there. (laughs) I want to know. Oh no. I just remember David used to always tell me how I was fat. He's always telling me I was fat. Oh Uh, yeah. That's, that's no good, man. It was just like one little thing to like chip away at my confidence. Cause yeah, it, I mean, I don't think it's hard to even get a grasp on how skinny I was then for him to be telling me I was fat. It's kind of. I mean, you were skinny like I was skinny. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was mostly after I had Danae, mm. but, um, I was still skinny. <laughs> I mean, I probably weighed one fifty then you know mm, so mm-hmm. uh, you're tall yeah so the reality is i think about it now and i'm like oh my gosh i was so, so the reality is fuck that dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's a whole nother thing 
we, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it just, it just reminds me of the way they just, they're very adept at tearing you down in order to mm-hmm. be able to be the one in control. Mm-hmm. And you really do it's believe true. it's, you really do believe wholeheartedly that it's, if you changed this, this relationship wouldn't be so bad. You don't think that it's anything that they need to change. You think that it's something about you. It's so true. So, so when you come out of something like that, you have to like rebuild and remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And that can take a long time. It can. It can. So find your strength. Remember, we're mm-hmm. all broken in different ways. I had, that theme has been repeating itself to me a lot lately. So. Thank you, Fleabag. If you like Grown Up and Grounded, please leave us a review on whatever platform you're using. This will help other people find our podcast. As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com. Hey, it's Trish here, and I just wanted to give a little end note to be sure that I clarify the comments I made about men in relationships were to a specific type of men, men who seek out women who are vulnerable or women who are susceptible to their manipulation. I felt like I should clarify that context in case it got lost in the conversation. Too late. We spoiled it. After we said it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So not a spoiler alert. We spoiled it. There it is. (laughs) Bada bing, bada boom. And you're saying it's happening. I'm saying it's happening. Yes. Where did you see this? I'm speaking from my heart. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> oh, jeez! You just referred to I'll your... love you as much as I want to. <laughs> you just referred to in our last episode of your love for me as unhealthy, which I thought was weird because I don't think that it is. But I guess because you could see no fault in me, that was the part. Yeah, we we, we we furthered the discussion. Don't just leave it there. Like I'm just an idiot. Yeah, listen to the rest of what I said, and it makes sense. <laughs> Calm down. Defensive much? I need to go eat food, Mom. Oh, I forgot you get crabby when you don't eat. Fine. Bye. (laughs) Bye.